0: let us pray. Gracious Father, whose blessed Son, Jesus Christ, came down from heaven to be the true bread which gives life to the world. Evermore give us this bread that we may live in, that he may live in us and we in him who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. How, uh, How willing are you to ask for help? How willing are you to ask for things that you actually need? How willing are you to ask others, or ask of God, for things that you want? I think, I think we might take lessons from small children. Small children see something, and now this all might last less than 30 seconds, but it's pretty intense when it's on. So they might see something and decide they need to have something like that, or it reminds them of something. They see something, and they're like, i got to have an ice cream cone. They run to mom, and I just need an ice cream cone. Nothing's really going to satisfy until I get that treat. Mom says no and refuses because it's just not that time. It's not, it's not appropriate. Run to dad. Dad refuses, and if Dad refuses, chances are good if there's anybody else around, even if it's a stranger, that child's going to run to them to see if they can get the ice cream cone from them. There's a persistence that they have. Well, last week we covered part of the Lord's Prayer of His instructions, um, but we didn't complete it because that's what we're going to move further into today. We saw that, uh, the, as we as we looked at the first part, one through four, last week, we saw that The Lord's Prayer is divided into two sections, essentially, like the Ten Commandments. So the first part is about our relationship with God. So we have that vertical relationship, and that's what comes first. And then it's about the horizontal relationship, how we relate to fellow man. Um, As as he's teaching on this, then he goes into an illustration. So this, this knock and seek and find is not disconnected from the Lord's Prayer. In fact, it's part of the instruction of the Lord's Prayer. And... He's continuing his teaching as he goes into this illustration of the manner of which we are to pray. This is the manner in which we come to, to him in prayer. We are to be bold in our asking with persistence and confident expectation. So I want to structure our time around three questions. And the first one is, are you shameless? I find that about as strange of a term, even in this context understanding where we're going. Uh, as the one we'll find here later, which is impudence, which does nothing for me. That's really just not in my everyday vo- everyday vocabulary. But when I think of prayer, shamelessness is not what comes to mind. People have asked sometimes for some instruction on prayer, and shamelessness is not in my thought pattern. Well, let's look, beginning in verse 5. It says, And he said to them, Which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within, Do not bother me. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him anything, because he is his friend, yet because of his impudence, he will rise and give him whatever he needs." As you read this story, as you hear this story, as you have read this story, who is it you sympathize with? Which character do you sympathize with? Is it the main character, the bold one, the one knocking at the door? Is it the hungry traveler? Or is it the man who is sleeping? The man who is sleeping is the one who I can relate to probably the best. I, I, could, uh, I can easily imagine myself being disturbed uh, and, and uh, having thoughts about that. Um, imagine if I came pounding at your door and I asked for some bread or some food. It's late, you're tired, you're in the bed, you're asleep, but I came pounding anyway. Now, the first thought to stir in you, if if I'm waking you from sleep and you recognize who it is that's pounding, your first thought might not be appropriate to even share. But then now, once you get past that, it might be like, Jim is crazy. He is a little nutty. What in the world would he be doing here at my door at this time of night? I can imagine... Yell- you yelling out the window at me, we're trying to sleep. Can't you see? Go away and leave me alone. And I think that would be quite appropriate. I can understand this very well. But I yell back, I have guests who need food and I have none for them. I have this urgent need. But the response is, it's late. We're in the bed. I can't help you. But because of my impudence or persistence or shamelessness, I just keep on pounding. I know the need and I know you're my friend, which, and that's, that's the illustration, that you're my friend, and because you're my friend, you're going to give me what it is I need. Now, the, this is not a lesson in how we are to behave, or how to, you know, this is not a Dale Carnegie course of how to win friends and influence people. This is, this is how to plead to God for your requests, and his example is, this bold friend, just because, and, and is it taking advantage of a relationship? I think we'll see that it's that's not exactly it. In our world and from our perspective, it sounds like, oh, you're taking advantage of my friendship and therefore you're going to count on me giving you something. I think that would be a wrong take and we need to understand the context a little better. But um, you know, I, I don't really even care about good manners or what time it is or that I'm bothering you. I just need help in this urgent matter. And so I just keep pounding. And, sh- and shamelessly, I'm asking. Earth Brooks sang a song called Shameless. And... Uh, so as I'm studying on this, shameless got into my head, and I just had to share a few lines with you. He says, well, I'm shameless. When it comes to loving you, I'll do anything you want me to. I'll do anything at all. Now, this this song is about his uncontrollable love he has for his woman, and so much so that he doesn't really care how he looks to everybody else. doesn't care how he appears. He's just going to have to express his love to his woman. He is shameless. When I When I read this story... I think it's a bit like a, a goofy sitcom where I'm embarrassed for the character. That, and there are lots of sitcoms, and I guess that's what they're trying to elicit in you. You're like, oh my gosh, I just can't even stand. That's a, it's embarrassing if you're in that situation. I don't even have um, many social sensibilities, really. But it, it, this seems like the most unflattering position in this story is the guy who's doing the asking. But that's who we are to be before God as we bring our requests to God. He is telling us to be the shameless one who asks and asks and asks. Now, this is not for big trucks or fancy vacations, but for your needs, for forgiveness, for him to help you in times of temptation. Now, we know this is what we're to be asking for because that's the context. That's what Jesus just told us to ask. That's what's in the model of the Lord's Prayer. So he says, be persistent. But are you persistent when you ask for your daily bread? Keeping it in the context. Give us each day our daily bread. Are you persistent when you say, forgive us our sins, as we ourselves forgive everyone who's indebted to us? Are you persistent when you ask him to lead us not into temptation? Or would your prayer pattern be more like, you have a dire need that drives you to your knees, but once the deep need passes, you kind of take for granted the provision of the daily bread, of the forgiveness, or of his help. Be shameless in your persistence ask of him for he has told you to do so second question is are you looking for a reward or are you following in faith and verse 9 says and i tell you ask and it will be given to you seek and you will find knock and it will be opened to you for everyone who asks and the one who for, for everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and the one who knocks it will be opened Now, this may seem a bit like a reward system. If we ask the right way, or if we ask long enough, or if we ask passion enough, then he will reward us with our requests. But that's not what he's getting at. He's saying we are to follow in faith. Once we have affirmed the fatherhood of God, going back to um, the beginning of the prayer, so we're really in verse 2, be. We're addressing him as Father. We're recognizing that d- that divine fatherhood. Um, then we are to hallow his name. Our asking is rooted in that sonship, and we ask, then seek, then find, then, and, and find that um, those those are. It's knock, ask, seek, and and knock indicates an increasing intensity. Out of our sonship, it is right, and in this thing it's prescribed, this is our prescribed way to come at God, not um, not as somebody further down the list of low priority who he doesn't have time for, but we are to come very boldly. We're to ask, we're to seek, we are to knock, and we recognize in this that we are in need of help beyond ourselves. So it's in the asking that we're actually coming humbly before the Lord. So we recognize that we have a need outside of ourselves, something we can't do. So we need to ask the one who can provide what we cannot. Now in our asking, by our asking, we are admitting and owning our frailness. And we are also leaning into that sonship, the fatherhood of God, and how we are sons or daughters of the King. To seek is not as passive as asking. We This indicates some more energy going out. So, if we're going to seek, we kind of like have to get up and put in some effort to find this answer. We put we put forth more effort in the seeking than the asking. I, I've i run across people who claim that they have questions, but they don't want to seek answers. They're not willing to read or be among the people of God. They just want to claim they have questions. But seeking would involve answers or or, or striving to get answers to some of these questions. They won't put forth whatever effort it might take to feed their faith, and so they struggle still with questions. So we have ask, then seek, and then knock. Knock is even more intense uh, than the seeking. This is uh, given in this context. It's to be very persistent to the point of being annoying, like the one who's waking his friend. The interesting piece in the Greek, these words are in the present imperative, meaning keep, keep asking and it will be given to you. Keep seeking and then you will find. Keep on knocking and it will be open to you. We are to ask in faith. So we're not asking for a reward. We're asking and we're persistent because of our faith in him who can provide. It's because of our confidence in who he is and his willingness to answer our prayers that we ask, seek, and knock. We are not rewarded for the bruised hands but because in our hearts we really believe Jesus' command to ask. Remember who Hannah, who pled to God because of her barrenness, and the priest Eli sees her and thinks that she's drunk. She's like, no, I'm not drunk. I'm just so troubled in heart, and I've, I've been pouring myself out to the Lord. There was a great deal of emotion in that. This is kind of what he's talking about. Jesus himself modeled this kind of fervent prayer, something that you know, I, think it, I think knocking doesn't even do it justice. When he's in the garden before the crucifixion, he's, pr- he's praying so intense, and the, and the struggle is so intense. He's, dr- he's bleeding, drops of blood. He's sweating, drops of blood. Hebrews seven says, "In the days of his ple- it's Hebrews five seven, sorry, in the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to Him who was able to save him from death." And he was heard because of his reverence. I think that's beautiful. And a beautiful description of what our Lord Jesus did asking of the Father. So will you follow in faith by persistently asking the God who provides? My third question is, are you more generous than your Father in heaven? Oh, how we doubt his goodness. Let's look in verse 11. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? So what kind of what kind of father is he? Father in heaven, Jesus' father, our father. Jesus contrasts that fatherhood of God to earthly fathers, and he asks of you: uh, he asks who of you would give his son a serpent when he had asked for a fish, or if he asked an egg, give him a scorpion? People wouldn't even come up with such a. Weird thing, even as a gag gift. This is just th- this is a strange illustration. It's a shocking illustration. It's a ridiculous illustration. And and, and I and, and there we hear of uh, evidently from time to time we hear of bad parents who evidently would really do something that bad. I mean, if you're going to kill your kid, why not give them a, a, a scorpion or whatever? So, but in the general, people love their children. Fathers want to give their children good gifts. There are stories upon stories of of people working and working and working so that they can put their kids through school. There are are stories upon stories of people doing extra work and saving and skimping here and here and here so that the kids could have a nice Christmas or whatever, or saving for their birthday, or whatever it is that makes that special in the family. We want to give our children good gifts, and uh, we want the best for them. And he's saying, despite the sinfulness of man you still want to give your children good gifts. So then he contrasts that of the divine fatherhood. And he says in 13, he says, If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Our Father in heaven gives us good gifts because he is good. His gifts are in keeping with his character, and he gives his best gift in the form of the Holy Spirit. In Ezekiel thirty-six, twenty-six, and 27, it says, and I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. And of course, it Pentecost, he did just that. He poured out his Holy Spirit. And as we come to the Lord, he gives us this Holy Spirit. He has given us this best gift. It's a beautiful thing in the way that this prayer is laid out that we have first the horizontal and then the vertical. But it's in the midst of this that the Holy Spirit comes. So that this good gift, as we're asking, we are asking through the Holy Spirit. Sometimes I think we can run out of steam for this kind of Urgency about our daily needs, and especially as we are so um, able to provide for our own needs. If we were hungry and we had no ability to get our food by our normal means, if we didn't, if we couldn't afford to go to the grocery store or this, this, and this, we might be more inclined to pray to the Lord for those daily needs instead of taking them for granted. And so I think it's helpful to have uh, others help us in our asking. And so I would recommend a couple of resources the valley of vision is a a great resource of puritan prayers it's a a book of prayers and there are different themes in it Um, and of course the book of common prayer which we we use in our service all this all the stuff that we have that comes out of the either the bible itself or the book of common prayer and book common prayer many many times is is quoting the bible Um, but sometimes there are just some beautiful prayers that help us realize like once you're reading them, you're like, yes, that's what I want to ask for. Yes, those are beautiful words. No, I couldn't have come up with those on my own. This writer of this prayer has encapsulated my my plea. And so I offer this to the Lord. I think those can be great helps. And a word about the Book of Common Prayers, the uh, Anglican Church of North America is working on uh, a 2019 version. And I have in my head that it's coming out in June. And that may or may not be true. But going to be in 2019 and when it does we'll make those available and then we'll have instructions of how to use them for electronic people there's this app called mission of saint Clair, and you can do daily office readings through it but it also will lead you through some of these prayers it's very long as you're doing a a morning uh, morning prayer and you may not choose to do all of it but you can scan through what you don't it's just it's just a tool to use between you and the lord so you don't feel obligated because you start And if if you're wired that way, I just warn you. It's got a lot in there. Um, It doesn't bother me to start and then skip some. Go to my next thing that I want to to do. Because it's going to include hymns as well and on the phone you can hit your button and have it play the hymn and you can sing the hymn along if that's if, if that's what you care to do that's great otherwise just going through you're going to have the readings but you're also going to have some of these prayers and to connect with beautiful language to other Christians in other times and other places can be very helpful in training us even how to ask how to how to be the 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 door knocker guy you know in our in our context when we're talking about door knocking we're talking about those who come at your door and, and Want to see whether or not today you're saved or whatever, and and that can be a little off-putting. Well, I think this same thing is off-putting, where in as he's describing it, I think this is out of the norm. He wants us to be that bold, that passionate, and that persistent because we know he is good, and then he has told us to ask. So we don't take for granted that he wants to supply our need. We plead to him to give us what it is we need, and what we want. And, and it's in the Psalm 37, 4 kind of way. So it's, when I say what we want, again, it's not the big trucks or, or vacations. It's how to walk in his ways, as we read about from Ezekiel 36, that he's going to uh, give us this spirit, cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. These are the things that we're to want. These are the things that we're to ask for, and he will help us. So let us with confidence run to our Heavenly Father and first hallow his name and then let us pour out our hearts in fervent prayer persistently asking for our needs forgiveness and help in times of temptation and then expecting him to give us the good gifts through the holy spirit we know that everything he has to give us is good and because of that we are the most blessed because we are his in the name of the father son and holy spirit amen